The investing and business legend Charlie Munger passed away yesterday, November 28th, 2023, at the age of 99. And so I thought it fitting that for today's episode, I want to recap the top 10 lessons I feel like I've learned from Charlie Munger because a few years ago, I was looking for an example in business that I could model my own path and life after. And so I kind of went through a process of elimination and ended up kind of narrowing down to Warren Buffett. The reason is, is there's a lot of people, Warren Buffett and others, that have been extremely financially successful. But what I found is that Buffett has an extremely high bar for ethics, at least I believe so. And so I started intensely studying Warren Buffett, his holding company, Berkshire Hathaway, which is kind of how we've started modeling our holding company, Amazing Partners, after, and value investing, which is an entire approach to investing that is not based on short-term trading or making forecasts on economic performance. It's more based on trying to essentially buy a business at an undervalued price based on reasonable assumptions. And so diving deep into that world over about three years, I mean, I almost went full time into doing this, all led me to a very interesting person, Charlie Munger. He's been Warren Buffett's business partner for decades. Um, They've built Berkshire Hathaway into a $700 billion plus company, and he's always been okay playing kind of the number two man to Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway. So I was able to go to two of the annual meetings, the last two, and Buffett and Charlie Munger were on stage. It was amazing to be able to see them in person. And one of the things that's always stuck out with me about Charlie Munger is his extremely high ethical standards. Very smart guy, very hardworking, very financially successful, multi-billionaire but almost most importantly, combined with those, is extremely high ethical standards. So I kind of went back through my notes, and I didn't even have to open a book that I'll recommend at the end of this, but I just opened up my Google Docs, and I found I had about 50 documents where I had taken various notes. I was working on a book at one point, working on blog posts, taking notes on my own self-development, trying to become a better leader. I had about 50 documents that all referenced Charlie Munger. So here are the top 10 lessons that I feel like I learned from him. Number one, be reliable. And so for probably three or four months, I worked on this one character trait alone. And so my goal, because I got this from Poor Charlie's Almanac, which I highly recommend you read, uh, but he he talked about, it was actually, I believe, his son that was commenting on Charlie Munger. So Charlie Munger wasn't even necessarily preaching about this, his son was saying, I learned this just by watching him. And so being reliable, that means showing up early, showing up on time. People have commented, they would have a Zoom call with Charlie Munger and a handful of other people. And then the host would get there, you know, 15 minutes early, because they want to make sure technically everything is good. And Charlie Munger would already be there. And they had other people that would go meet him for uh, lunch or something in Los Angeles, where he lived. And he would be there an hour early, uh, just reading the paper. And so always show up early and be reliable, which also includes fulfilling your duties well. He has a quote that's always kind of stuck with me that, you know, especially being somebody that's very into marketing and has done a bunch of marketing, he says the best source of new business is the work that's already on your desk. And so it's easy to go out there, try to get new customers, new sales, new business, more marketing, 
but take care of the stuff that's on your desk. Because if you already have clients or customers that you can serve, make sure you do that well, because that's likely gonna be the best source of new business for you. Number two, his emphasis and lifelong example of voracious reading and learning. He has a quote that says, spend each day trying to be a little wiser than when you woke up. He was known to read 500 books a year. Some of the people closest to him have said that he would be powering through sometimes two a day. Now, maybe there's a lot of skimming and whatnot, but he spent the vast majority of his time reading and learning even well into his 90s. And he's, you know, also said, I don't, I didn't pull this one here, but some idea of like, he's known nobody that achieved big success and is very wise without reading all the time, because we can only learn so much from our own experience, but there are millions of books out there that we can pick up and find out what worked for somebody else, what was their life experience, so we can avoid some of their mistakes. He also says, in this one, I like this one, and if you're an entrepreneur, you'll probably like this one too. He says, it's been my experience in life. If you just keep thinking and reading, you don't have to work. And I found this to be true as well. You get to do what you want to do. The more you read, the more you think, making money becomes less of a problem because you see how the whole piece fits together because making money is not that complicated. You have to find some sort of problem to solve and a lot of times it doesn't have to be solved by you. And so the more you know, the more you can get paid just for your knowledge, just for being around and then you get to spend all the rest of the time doing what you want. So extremely important, read a ton. Number three, on patience, specifically when it comes to investing. So he has a quote that says, you make money by sitting on your assets. And so there's been a couple books that have been popularized in the value investing world. Uh, one, 101 in the stock market, another one called 100 Baggers. And so the general idea with those that Mr. Munger was getting at was a lot of the money you make is not in the buying and selling of stocks. It's just sitting there and letting them compound and compound and compound. I mean, there have been people in that world <clears throat> that have become billionaires just by buying Amazon early and not ever selling. They weren't, an, they weren't a founder of the company. They weren't inside the business. They just found the business early. And even though it went up, you know, 50x, 100x, 200x, they didn't sell. And now all of a sudden, they've got a billion dollars in net worth. And so a lot of the money can be made just by sitting there and doing absolutely nothing, which can be difficult at time, which is why he always stressed this value of not needing to do this frenetic activity, especially when it comes to investing. Number four, on non-diversification. There's literally a video clip from CNBC.com, one of the past Berkshire Hathaway annual meetings that I have bookmarked on my browser. It's a clip from, I believe, the 2008 shareholders meeting and they were asking like what do you think about elite business school education and then charlie munger kind of jumps in there and he's like they have it all wrong he's like they teach that the number one thing to do in investing is to diversify and he says quote that's back ass words he says that the whole secret to investing is to put money where it's safe and wise to non-diversify so he says diversification is for the know-nothing investor. Now, Warren Buffett would jump in and kind of say, you know, not necessarily in that meeting, but the general idea that he said over the years, most people are not gonna know anything, they shouldn't be managing their own money, just put your money in an index fund. But if you are an investor, diversification is when you don't know anything. And so a lot of times in Charlie Munger's, the portfolios that he's managed, they would have, you know, four stocks. And he says that's probably enough. And so non-diversification. Number five, on delayed gratification. He says, if you get up every morning and keep learning every day, and you're willing to go in for a lot of deferred gratification all your life, you're gonna succeed. 
And so this is incredibly important. I've seen it, and this is a lesson that I have to keep kind of reminding myself and trying to learn, but I use him as an example, is even when it comes to social media, for example. Uh, a lot of times I've started and stopped on social media because I'm like, ah, I'm not getting the results I want you know, in week two, so forget this, I'm not gonna do anything. Then all the social media profiles kind of tank, all your engagement goes down, and then a year later I'm like, ah, maybe I should give this a try. It can reach a lot of people, can help some people, share some good information, tips, advice that I think is as good or better than other stuff I see out there, but then you're rebuilding everything from scratch. Whereas the people that have really crushed it with social media, as an example, They've just kept chugging away at it every single day, day after day, usually for three months, six months, a year, two years, and then this whole machine builds. And we can obviously see that in a lot of areas of life. If you're willing to avoid making bad health decisions now and delay that gratification, you're gonna be healthier in the future. If you're willing to save and invest money now, you're gonna be wealthier in the future. And we see this time and time again, even in business, rather than trying to squeeze every dollar out of your customers, if you focus on serving them and building long-term relationships, that's gonna benefit you in the long-term. So delayed gratification, fifth big lesson from Charlie Munger. Number six, avoid envy. He was always big on saying, you know, something along the lines of this is a direct quote, but envy is a really stupid sin because it's the only one you can never possibly have any fun at. And so envy is something that I feel like I used to have a bigger issue with. And so it took a while and he was an example of somebody who I kind of looked to um, as a guide to overcome it. And so sitting there kind of wanting what other people have. So greed is wanting more for the sake of having more. Envy is wanting what somebody else has. And so this is something that just kind of destroys your ability to think, probably leads to bad decision making in the short term and the long term. And so thinking, if you're feeling envy, it's not good, it's not a positive motivator, and doing everything you possibly can to overcome that. One antidote that I found to envy is, you may be like, oh, I really want what that person has. Like I used to think this about Tony Robbins. I'm like, oh man, he's like, you know, so out there, he does all these events, all these celebrities know him, makes tons of money, lives this great life, has a $40 million house in West Palm Beach, I think. Uh, and I'm like, man, I wish I had that. And so it's kind of envious of this. But then what I did, and I can't remember where I got this idea from, but I was like, okay, if I want what he has, I have to do what he did. And so I started looking into his entire history, read his Wikipedia page, and I already knew quite a bit about him because I followed him for years. <clears throat> and then I started backing into what is all the steps that he took to get there. It's like, okay, he was on infomercials for years and years and years. And then he was traveling two, 300 days a year, doing live events, doing paid speaking gigs, putting out CDs and DVDs and programs and did that for 20, 30 years. And then, you know, he was making a lot of success in that process, but it didn't really blow up until the end of, you know, a couple decades of doing that. Then I'm like, okay, that is the path. Then those feelings of envy kind of go down because you're like, okay, he deserves it, like more power to him. So if I want that, I've got to do the same thing and will be willing to put in the same time, effort, stress, um, public exposure and all of that. And so I think that is a good antidote to envy is really figuring out how they got where they're at. Uh, number seven, integrity. He had a couple quotes that have stuck with me, especially on a business standpoint, when it comes to developing products and uh, doing marketing campaigns. First, he said, don't sell anything you wouldn't buy yourself. And so I used to just kind of throw out products. I don't think it was anything that was harmful to anybody, but I would sell these kind of natural weight loss supplements that were popular on Dr. Oz. That was one of my first businesses. Um, and I never really believed in the product. I don't think they were hurting anybody, but it was not something I would buy myself. I thought people should just eat healthier and exercise. And so that uh, 
lack of congruence made me eventually go away from that business and start moving into stuff that I would literally buy myself. For example, the coffee that we sell, I drink it every day. The business and education stuff that we sell, I buy stuff like that every day. I'm very big into that. So it's congruent for me now. He also says, similarly, deliver to the world what you would buy if you were on the other end. So don't sell anything you wouldn't buy yourself and deliver to the world what you would buy if you were on the other end. Number eight, inversion thinking, or as he would say, just don't be stupid. He says, it's remarkable how much long-term advantage people like us have gotten trying to be consistently not stupid instead of trying to be very intelligent. He's known as an extremely intelligent person, and then he added on top of that mental horsepower by voracious reading and learning over decades and decades, but he also said, like, hey, you know, a big part of this thing is just to not be stupid, because there's been a lot of stories of people in business, also people in investing, that have had all this massive success, they make a few really dumb decisions, and then all of a sudden the whole thing blows up. I've been in that position before, tried to change an entire company overnight and basically killed it and had to rebuild it. And so a big part of this is like, you know, kind of being the tortoise sometimes and not being the hare. Just keep chugging along and don't try to make any really dumb mistakes, like falling asleep halfway through the race. And so whenever you're trying to think about solving a problem, rather than thinking, how do I achieve more success? It's how do I avoid failure? Number nine, second to last, pragmatism. So somebody asked in one of the annual meetings, what is the whole secret of life? And then Warren Buffett kind of passes the question because it's obviously a huge, difficult question to answer. But Charlie Munger says, you know what, I'll take a stab at this. And he you know, kind of goes and basically says that it's pragmatism, which is, according to him, we're demonstrating what he saw says what might be the fundamental algorithm of life, repeat what works. He was talking about with Berkshire Hathaway, but I think it applies to everything. He said, rather than trying to reinvent the wheel all the time, if something works, do more of it. A lot of times, myself included, we're going to keep trying new stuff. But if you've got something that's working, this is what I tell people all the time when I'm advising business owners like in our mastermind and other people that I'm kind of coaching. Uh, you know, if they have something that's working to produce sales before you go do anything else. Don't add this new marketing channel. Don't add this new product. Don't hire this new person. Do more of what's already working. Then go out there and try new stuff. And so if you find something that's working, do more of it. If you find something that's not working, stop doing it. Sounds very simple, but according to him, that's one of the biggest secrets in life. So last but not least, and I saved this one because I believe it is my favorite reminder. He basically, you know, is very big into deserving what you want. So a lot of us is like, you know, I want to, he would say, you know, I want a good relationship. Okay, well, deserve a good relationship or a good spouse. Uh, I want a lot of success. Okay, deserve that success. I want a good business partner. Then be a good business partner. So he would say the safest way to try to get what you want is to try to deserve what you want. A lot of us want to hack our way to success. And instead, Charlie Munger would say, don't worry about hacking your way to success. Worry about deserving the success and then the success will come. So if you want to learn more about Charlie Munger, how he thought, he never really wrote books directly himself, but he partnered with somebody to write a book called Poor Charlie's Almanac. And so they did some interviews with him. He wrote some extra stuff for them, but they also pulled a lot of his talks that he gave over the decades. And so I highly recommend you buy and read the book Poor Charlie's Almanac. You should be able to find it on Amazon. It's like the size of a textbook because it's got a bunch of pictures also. But I highly recommend you buy and read that book every year. I'll be pulling my copy out again at the beginning of the new year and reading it for my third time. So hopefully you found this useful. He was an absolute um, 
inspiration for me as a business owner. And so rest in peace, Charlie Munger.